Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Uh, the next speaker is also an emergency physician that is duly, duly trained in, uh, in uh, orthopedic and uh, trauma surgery. And uh, Dr. Lindner is from uh, Dr. Mark, Martin Mokul shop at uh, Charité Hospital in Berlin. So thank you, Tobias. Well, um, decreasing morbidity and mortality in patients with severe injuries actually starts in the pre-hospital setting. We should follow a standardized approach because this is the only way that empowers us to find injuries with a relevant bleeding. And uh, only by knowing the relevant bleedings or injuries, we can actually fulfill the second task. That means stop or at least reduce the bleeding. As you see, there are pictures of some toys we've got in our shelves or in our bags but uh, we actually should know how to use them properly. And uh, another very important task in the pre-hospital treatment of uh, people with severe injuries and uh, accompanied bleeding is that we should absolutely avoid dilution. We should administer only a small amount of fluids, and these have to be pre-warmed to avoid further falling in body temperature. Well, after initial resuscitation, uh, we should actually assess the trauma load of the patient. And this is very special. And in comparison to all the other entities we've heard of, trauma itself can cause a bleeding disorder, the so-called tick trauma-induced coagulopathy. And on top of this, at this stage, we should remember the acronym SAMPLER because and you can imagine this on the pre-hospital trauma scene. It's very hard to actually find out whether your patient is on a special medication. But only at, by doing and by asking uh, whether there is something like an anticoagulant, you might find out. And if you're very happy, you'll even know how much and when last it was taken. But as you, as, as you can imagine, this is a very hard task. However, if you've got a severe trauma load and you expect bleeding, then you also expect hyperfibrinolysis in the early stage of tick. And so there's a clear recommendation to administer tranexanic acid even on the way to hospital. Well, the main message of this slide is bring the patient quick and warm to the next adequate hospital. Should be a trauma center. However, and unfortunately, still every false patient arriving there is somewhere in the triangle of death and is hypothermic, is acidotic, or has got a tick, or a combination of that. And these are the patients arriving in hospital. You know? We're not talking about the ones dying on the street. What's going to happen in a shock trauma room? I mean, if you've got a patient who is in extremis, you've got to do surgery even on the table in the shock trauma room and start your first line of care 
which is a bleeding bundle consisting of fresh frozen plasma, red blood cells, and you have to consider a second dose of TXA, or if not given in the pre-hospital setting, the first dose of TXA, and the first actually replaced uh, clotting factor is fibrinogen. However, if you've got a stable or a borderline patient, you would try everything to get him through a whole CT scanner to actually use the gold standard of finding bleeding. And uh, taking it from there, you have to decide whether he's got to go to operation theater for damage control surgery or if it makes sense for an interventional uh, radiographer to actually stop the bleeding or if the patient can be brought to ICU directly. Well, especially uh, borderline patients, um, uh, they could uh, actually um, uh, profit from uh, another small detail. It's very expensive. Uh, was very uh, very easy to take. Every patient, the first laboratory result he's got in the shock trauma room is blood gas analysis, and basic cells and lactate have been shown to be good predictors of ongoing bleeding and the situation the patient is in, and this might push you forward to start your first line therapy in the borderline patient. Well, we also sent blood to standard laboratory testing, but over the last years, um, there is a stronger recommendation that especially in the severely injured patients, uh, you should, um, you should use vis uh, viscoelastic uh, testing methods. I mean, standard laboratory testing turnaround time is around 40 minutes. You only get results from the early phase of clotting. And uh, if you're looking for anticoagulants, you have to ask for specified tests. By using uh, VAM methods, um, the turnaround time is around 10 minutes, and um, this is covering not only clotting time, but also clot formation and also uh, fibrinolysis. So um, today also there are special subtests to actually detect uh, anticoagulants. If you, if you are happy to find uh, vitamin K-dependent oral anticoagulants, um, the the recommended therapy is replacement, actually, so giving PCC and also vitamin K. There is good evidence uh, because of the reverse AD uh, study that if there is life-threatening bleeding and also replacement and replacement uh, didn't get the clotting into the right direction, then uh, you should uh, use either rutuzumab to stop the bleeding. However, uh, with a focus on um, factor 10A inhibitors, there's less evidence, and so there's only suggestion to, um, to reverse it with indexanet alpha. So, and if indexanet alpha is not available, you should uh, use PCC. However, uh, there is a new trial planned. It's called the Annexa RRS, uh, requiring uh, uh, urgent surgery. Uh, but unfortunately, reading the exclusion criteria, I found that the patient I am talking about is excluded from this uh, trial because patient who is acute life-threatening bleeding at the time of screening will not be involved in the study. Taking together, because of the two identities uh, of um, uh, trauma-induced bleeding and maybe anticoagulation, the first therapy uh, is TXA and then replacement for TIC. You should use a goal-directed therapy as, as fast as possible, also concerning replacement. But um, if you've got a reliable information or uh, you can actually see an effect of an anticoagulant and there is ongoing life-threatening bleeding, you should go ahead and use 
the antagonists if they are available, available in your hospital. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, EMCREG International, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.